Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. Welcome to this edition of the Lion's Den University Report. It is our privilege and pleasure to travel the country and talk with individuals who are dedicated followers of Jesus Christ on our university and college campuses. It's a strategic area. We hear a lot about the campuses in the news these days and uh, too many of the snowflake uh, stories, I think. (laughs) But uh, we're proclaiming, as we have for the last 16 years, the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, networking Christians on the campuses to encourage them. We call our program the Lion's Den University Report uh, because for some uh, Christians going on campus, they go into a hostile setting, like Daniel going into the lion's den, and that includes not just the students, uh, but the faculty and the administrators as well. It's a place of hostility toward the Christian faith. Uh, others find a kind of a neutral attitude toward their faith, and others even uh, affirming uh, in sections of the university. Uh, but we are concerned, and we encourage our listeners to pray for the campuses for revival in our day. Uh, there have been revival on campuses throughout American history, and uh, one source I read uh, recently uh, pointed out the fact that when uh, America was founded, uh, almost every university president and most, uh, the majority of faculty members were Protestant clergymen, and so we've gone a long way from that. But uh, today we uh, have a guest here. We're actually in our uh, recording studio uh, where the program is produced, WTLR in State College. And my guest has been speaking uh, here in this area and at Penn State last night, uh, Dr. Frank Turek. And uh, Frank, welcome to today's program. Great to be on with you, Glenn. And it was great being at Penn State last night. Had a nice audience there, very engaged, a lot of questions. So it's great to be here in State College. Right. And a full house and just a uh, mostly sympathetic, I would say, audience. You didn't have yeah, any we, protesters or anything. No, we didn't but, have protesters. <laughs> um, not uh, Ann Coulter or Ben Shapiro, but uh, it was good to have some folks there who were not believers asking questions, right. which was good. Yep. And uh, the title of the talk is, I normally do on college campuses, no exception last night, is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, and that was uh, based on our book of the same name. So we like to do that on college campuses because quite frequently they don't get... Uh, a perspective, a uh, Christian perspective as to why we think Christianity is true. You know, we don't, we don't really talk about that much on a college campus. No. And so that's why I like to do it on college campuses. Cause as you know, about three out of four young people who are brought up in the church, walk away from the church once they go to college. And one of the reasons they do is they don't know why Christianity is true. So we try and give them evidence as to why it's true. Right. And that's a powerful presentation you gave last night. I was there in the audience and uh, maybe three to four hundred uh, mm-hmm. folks there, and mm-hmm. you a- asked uh, for a show of hands of how many were Penn State students. And sometimes you get a lot of community people into these uh, Christian meetings mm-hmm. on campus, but it was, I would say, ninety percent. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of Penn students. State students there. It was great to have them there. So that's why we do it. Right, great. And uh, of course, your presentation uh, is based uh, somewhat on your book that you've written, right. and you've written a couple of books. Tell us about your. Uh, yeah, the book that we were talking about last night is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. We basically basically go through four questions that show that Christianity is true. And the four questions are, does truth exist? Does God exist? Are miracles possible? And is the New Testament reliable? Can we trust what the New Testament says, particularly about the resurrection? And so we went through those four questions last night, truth, God, miracles, and the New Testament. And then we took questions from the audience. 
and uh, got a little bit into another book I just wrote called Stealing from God, Why Atheists Need God to Make Their Case. I've noticed that when atheists are arguing there is no God, they're actually using aspects of reality that wouldn't exist unless God exists in order to say he doesn't exist. So they're right. stealing from God to argue against him. And we talked about that a little bit as well. That's great. And uh, I did leave toward the end. The meeting started at eight and uh, here is a group of, you know, uh, several hundred uh, college students and they're still there well after 10 o'clock. Yeah, it was 1030 by the time we so. walked out of there. So uh, we had about an hour and a half worth of, uh, of speaking time, hour and 20 speaking time and the rest was Q&A. So right. it was over an hour Q&A. Great. And uh, one of the things that impressed me too about uh, when they had announcement time, uh, there kind of a break in the middle between uh, the presentation and the Q and A that uh, uh, the uh, one of the leaders of the campus ministries got up and he introduced a couple of the groups that were uh, sponsoring the event, but then they opened it up to any other groups that were represented there and tell their times and so on. And it must have been fifteen to twenty. That's yeah. There's a lot the, of there's a lot of Christian groups on campus. There's a businessmen's organization on campus that help organize the event. So there is hope on a college campus. Uh, you just got to sometimes go onto a college campus and, and want to speak to the students and you'll get some Christian groups that want to help you do that. And that's right. what happened last night. Great. Great. And, uh, where have you been uh, lately on comp college campuses? Oh, well, uh, we're just starting the season right now. It's just September now. So Penn state, uh, next week I'll be at Winthrop university in, uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, not far from where I live. I'll be at university of Alaska at Anchorage, um, Before the I'll winter, be, I hope. yeah, well, I just said the end of October, I'll right. be at, uh, a couple of colleges up in Michigan. Uh, so we, we get around quite a bit. If anyone's interested in ever doing this on a college campus, they can just get a hold of us at crossexamined.org. That's the website crossexamined with a D on the end of it.org. And you'll see how to invite us to campus. And, uh, it's, I think it's an important thing to do because it's quite frequently very anti-Christian uh, academically. And so we try and go in there and put a stone in the shoe of the skeptics and encourage the Christians. In right. other words, you know, try and show why Christianity is true and that gets people thinking. Yeah. Great. Great. And uh, as I said, an excellent presentation. I think the students who did come, even the ones who were Christians, got a lot of equipment there for their uh, That's arsenal. The goal. For their, That's uh, the goal, right? Uh, yeah. We're supposed holding to Holding on to their faith and then sharing it. That's right. Give a reason for the hope that you have and then also demolish arguments that people people have against the Christian faith, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 10 5. So right. We're supposed to do both. We're supposed to give a positive case that Christianity is true and give a case against counter-arguments to Christianity. Right. In other words, refute counter-arguments. Sure, sure. And you follow a line of those who have come out of, uh, or who have are, are pre presenting apologetics mm -hmm. now. I think of Ravi Zacharias yep. has been on our program, and, and I understand he's coming to Penn State next year. I hope so, yeah. In fact, Ravi and I will be together in uh, Nashville on November 4th at a big church in uh, actually Murfreesboro. And uh, yeah, whatever Ravi writes, God reads. <laughs> God said, I didn't know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, and he actually wrote the foreword for my book, Stealing from God. Right. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, yeah, amazing, amazing and, uh, presenter. And, and intellectuals like C.S. Lewis and others have paved the way oh, all, along certainly. the years. And, uh, but you seem to be uh, really tapping into the young audience. And and uh, meeting those needs. Now, did you come out of a background of uh, 
atheism or no i was you... uh, brought up roman catholic because i'm from new jersey and it's law you have to be roman catholic right. in new jersey okay. i don't know if you know that no, actually no. but uh i i always believed in god i never had a problem with god i just didn't know who jesus was and it wasn't until i got josh mcdowell books evidence demands a verdict and right. more than a carpenter okay and he's that the I, other one that's uh, yes he yeah. Apologist. Yeah, I became a Christian as a result of reading those books. And so I was always interested in the evidence. And when I had the opportunity to go to seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina, a place called Southern Evangelical Seminary, SES.edu, um, under Norman Geisler, who at the time was kind of the Michael Jordan of apologetics mm -hmm. and kind of still is. He's 85 years old, but he's still out there. Um, that's where I really learned why a G Jesus is the son of God, why Jesus is God. He's the second member of the Trinity. That's where I learned why Christianity is true and where we, I learned really how to present this information. And he and I wrote the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. So that's right. the book we use typically sure. when we go to college campuses. And I was encouraged last night, Glenn, at Penn State, that uh, I was told that about 60 people out of the 300 or so people who were there filled out cards and half of them wanted more information like about Jesus. Great. So that was the good thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, great. So we had we had more than ten percent of the audience saying they wanted to learn more. Excellent. So that's yeah. good. Praise the Lord for that, and uh, we look forward uh, to uh, God moving on these campuses yes. and bringing revival. Yes. Have you faced any of the hostility that you see some of the conservative speakers? Not to on that campus? extent. Not like where you got Antifa outside firebombing the place. I mean, that's that's crazy. No, but we've had protests, that kind of thing, but nothing that's prevented us from from doing the presentation. Right. You know, I have been disinvited before, oh, you know, okay, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, but in the name of inclusion, tolerance, and diversity, <laughs> you're excluded, you know, yeah. Okay. so much for free speech. Uh, but no, generally it, we haven't had that kind of violence. We haven't had that kind of issue. Uh, but it's not, we're not, we're not really involved in the political talks. You know, we're not giving right. po political no. talks as that seems to, to raise a lot more ire um, although obviously what you believe as a Christian does have imp an impact on what you believe is right and wrong and therefore what you believe should be put into law, right? right I mean, sure. you know, it does affect how your political outlook, but we're not, we're not there talking about political issues all that much. Although we do get questions on the hot issues of the day, homosexuality, uh, uh marriage, these kind of things. And, you know, we just answer them honestly, but we're not there to, to really talk about those issues unless right. they're brought up. We're, we're trying to give the evidence as to why Christianity is true. And, and that's what we do in the, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist presentation. Right. And your first, as you said, the first uh, portion of your lecture was on, does God exist? Yes. And you address this idea of turning the question around. Uh, maybe you could share a little bit yeah, of that with our audience Yeah, I think when, when people say something, it's not your job to refute what they say. It's their job to support what they say, right? So if someone says, well, I can't believe the Bible because... Oh, it's been changed throughout the centuries. Well, I wouldn't try and give evidence that it hasn't been changed. I would first ask that person, first of all, what do you mean by that? What do you mean it's been changed? Because mm -hmm. I want them to explain what they mean by it. Right. Because I, I can almost guarantee they don't, they don't really know. Uh, the second question is, how did you come to that conclusion? Like, how did you come to the conclusion the Bible's been changed throughout the centuries? In other words, what evidence do you have for that position? Like for that question, I might customize it a little bit and say, um, what do you mean the Bible has been changed throughout the centuries? What evidence do you have for that position? Have you studied the manuscript evidence for yourself? I mean, how many people, Glenn, do you think are going to say, you know, just last night I was up reading a book about the Byzantine <laughs> line of manuscripts. You know, right. Nobody's going to say that exactly because most people don't really have a coherent worldview built, built on evidence. What they've heard is a slogan 
that they like. And they've adopted the slogan. But as soon as you challenge the slogan or the evidence behind the slogan, people don't have any capacity to answer. They don't know right. why they right. why they and say it, the Bible is machine. It used the to centuries. be, you know, it's full of contradictions. Yeah. And you could simply ask, well, well can well, you tell me? Yeah, you? give me give and me some of those contradictions. Of the people didn't know. That's right. <laughs> they heard one. the slogan, right? <laughs> right. So you ask, what do you mean by that? How'd you come to that conclusion? And then have you ever considered the Bible's not been changed throughout the centuries and here's why? In other words, you provide some evidence back. And uh, all those questions that are asked are from a book that a friend of mine wrote called Tactics. His name is Greg Kokel. And it's just a good way to um, have a conversation with somebody. Ask questions rather than make statements. And they're also in our app, the Cross-Examined app. Two words in the app store, Cross-Examined. If you download the app, cross-examined, you'll see a quick answer section in there. And uh, these questions that I just mentioned are good questions for conversation. What do you mean by that? How'd you come to that conclusion? Have you ever considered? There's another question that I asked last night of a, a Muslim gentleman who came to the event last night. Mm. And he seemed to, uh, not all that uh, interested in apologetics or all that interested in Christianity being true. So I asked him the question. I said, if Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? Mm, right. And then he right. was kind of taken aback by that question. And uh, he eventually said, yes, I would become a Christian, but he hadn't investigated it yet. So I right. said, well, if I give you a book, would you investigate? He said, sure. So I gave him a book. Tremendous. Yeah, I don't have enough faith yeah. in any of these books. So that's a good question to ask people. If right. Christianity were true, would you, would become, you a become a Christian? Because mm -hmm. I find a lot, Glenn, people, it's not, it's not intellectual. It's, it's not about God's existence. It's about people's resistance. Sure. They don't want there to be a God. Because right. why? They want to be God. They want to go their own way. Yeah. So if you ask people, if it were true, would you become a Christian? It just clears the decks of all the objections. It just lays bare their their motivation. Right. Ultimately, and, is their heart receptive? That's right. Is it God a head problem or a heart problem? Yeah. And Well, we're going to continue our conversation on right. our next broadcast. Okay, good. And my guest has been Dr. Frank Turek, who's the author of I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist and speaking on college campuses around the country. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Reports. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844, or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.